Welcome to McKnight's Senior Living Newsmakers Podcast, where we share the latest information and views from industry leaders. Hi, this is Lois Powers, editor of McKnight Senior Living, welcoming you to this Newsmakers Podcast. The pandemic really highlighted the issues of loneliness and isolation among older adults, although those issues were present beforehand. We're here today with Christine Toyer, PhD, founder and president of Java Group Programs, whose research has focused on these areas. Dr. Toyer, you presented a session at the American Healthcare Association and National Center for Assisted Living annual meeting, and you shared a model to address mental health challenges such as loneliness and social isolation and long-term care. Can you talk about that model and how it differs from the approach that some senior living communities might be taking now? Thank you, Lois. It's such a privilege to be here and to talk about this issue. Loneliness is an epidemic, and of course, I don't need to tell anyone about that. We know loneliness is everywhere in society now. But I think the important thing to know about loneliness now is that it was a condition that existed, of course, before in senior living and in our society. Um, however, the, uh, the approach that is typical in senior living is this model of entertainment and distraction. And I think that's what we've been used to. We've been doing it forever and ever. I've written uh, a paper about this in the Journal of Aging Studies, along with some other wonderful authors like Dr. Robin Stone, about this relentless diet that we have of entertainment and distraction. So by that I mean bingo, bus trips, bowling, movie nights, games. And, you know, I've worked in senior living myself for many, many years, and I can tell you that we thought that if you do enough of those activities and get enough residents into those activities, then we've done our job. And what's happening is that that diet of entertainment and distraction is, meanwhile, residents are actually starving for real, meaningful connections. And so in this paper, we talk about a new, a new model, a new approach, and that is peer mentoring and peer support groups. And groups particularly because groups provide this sense of community that is missing in um, much of the entertainment distraction programs that I mentioned earlier. So it's really exciting to know that you can actually, and, and peer support groups are everywhere in the community, so outside of senior living, so the Alzheimer's Society uses them, um, Cancer Society uses them, and the reason for that is that when a resident engage, engages, or a person engages in a peer support group, loneliness and depression goes down. Not just a little bit, but a lot. But peer support groups are almost non-existent in senior living. And so Java Group Programs has put together this model, and um, we did a lot of um, development of the programs, and then we researched them, and we looked at the outcomes of them. Do they actually make a difference to the quality of life of seniors who participate in these groups? You have the research that you mentioned that shows the model is effective. Could you share some of those results? Yeah, for sure. So what we did is we took we worked with the Research Institute for Aging in Ontario, in Canada, and Schlegel Villages, which is an extraordinary organization. If you haven't ever heard of Schlegel Villages, you should go check them out. So that what they did is they implemented the first of our peer support groups called the Java Music Club in all of their communities, and they added Java Memory Care, which is a 
peer support group for residents living with more advanced dementia. And then they added the third program, which is our Java Mentorship Program. That is an outreach program where residents get together with volunteers and they meet every week and they talk about who's lonely and isolated in our community. And they we put together these 26 education modules, which teaches them how to how to sit with a resident who doesn't talk much. How do you support somebody who is grieving without smothering them or mothering them? And so they're armed with education, and so they have a team meeting, and then they go in pairs afterwards and visit with the lonely, isolated residents in that community. And so that model of having peer support groups throughout the community, the home, um, and peer mentoring, that combination is really powerful. And what we found is we, we looked at loneliness, we looked at depressions. So we used the UCLA loneliness scale, we used the geriatric depression scale, and we looked at how much the socially isolated residents who don't come to anything, um, how many of them attended um, more programs. And so what we found is we had a, a, a 15, in an average of 15% reductions in loneliness, we had 30% reductions in depression, and a 60% increase in those residents who don't come to things, leaving their rooms and getting engaged in the community. So, I mean, it, people say to me, well, what is Java? I mean, they often, it's difficult to understand what it is. Can I tell, share a story with sure. you? So, how the Java Music Club came to be. People often, first of all, ask me, what is Java? And I say, well, Java just stands for coffee. <laughs> and, um, and we call it the Java Music Club, the first program, because we didn't want to call it a non-pharmacological peer support group, because nobody would come, you know, psychosocial, therapeutic, non-pharmacological peer support group. So Java just stands for coffee and music, and that so it makes it easy to invite people to come and not as, um, yeah, it's just easier for them to participate. But I was working in senior living for many years, and I just saw the loneliness everywhere. And it didn't matter how much we did in the activity department, how hard we worked, how many activities we had on the calendar. I still saw all these lonely people all around me, I'd be walking down the hallway, and people would be reaching out to talk to me. And um, so the story that I wanted to share with you was that when I was a teenager, my older brother committed suicide. And as you can imagine, it was a terrible time in our family. And um, in my 13-year-old brain, I decided that it was my fault that he died because I wasn't paying attention. If you can imagine, that's what I put together. It was incomprehensible to me that my older brother would take his own life. He was handsome, he was charming. And I carried that grief with me into adulthood and I tried some counseling and I tried some therapy and I got busy, I was working hard. And then a dear friend of mine said to me, Christine, you should go to a grief peer support group. And I said, why would I do that? I'm going to sit at a table with a bunch of other sad people and we're going to be sad together. Like, how could that possibly help me? And, but she was really encouraging and she said, I'll go with you. And so we went together to this support group. It was so wonderful. I mean, I had no idea how great it was to talk to people who knew what I was going through. It changed everything. And, you know, I cried my eyes out the first group and then we laughed together and then I cried some more. And really what happened is I healed in that grief support group. That's really where I healed from it. It wasn't, you know, other things that helped. That was the most. And, you know, it wasn't as though my brother was coming back. It wasn't, the problem was not solvable that way. But what changed is that I was no longer alone with it. And that made what felt unbearable suddenly became bearable. 
And so I looked around. I was working senior living. I looked around. And I thought I was a complete convert. And I thought, why don't we have peer support groups? They're so good. And it was so funny, you know, how, how quickly I changed my mind about that. And um, they just didn't exist. And so I thought, well, I'll just put one together. How hard can it be? And so I got a group of residents together because I was doing groups at that time. And um, and it fell apart immediately. <laughs> it wasn't easy to do. So, um, you know, they... The, you know, there were two men in the group who didn't like each other, and they got into a fight, and they got up and left before the group even started. And uh, one woman, it came time for her to share, and she went, yak, 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 yak. She could not stop talking. Um, and I realized we needed structure. And so that is how the first Java Music Club came to be, is that, you know, I started out with this idea that was really good, um, but then I realized we needed structure and we needed content. And um, so that's, that's really the beginning of it. And when we started the Java Memory Care program, um, I remember somebody saying to me, oh, Christine, surely you're not suggesting that people with advanced dementia can engage in peer support. And I say, not only can they, but they're magnificent at it. And the reason is, is that when our cognitive levels go down, our emotional sensitivity goes way up, not ours. So people living with dementia, their cognitive levels go down, their emotional sensitivity goes way up, and they become really highly attuned to the emotional energy of people around them. And so the Java programs are all focused on emotional connection between people. So, you know, they're, they're just really able to be in these peer support groups and benefit from it because they feel that energy. Thank you so much for sharing that story with me. I really appreciate that. I understand that there's a um, grant available for some providers who would like to use this approach. Can you tell us more about that? Sure. So the grants that um, there are a number of grants. So the but the one that has been most successful is the Civil Money Penalty Fund, and so for those communities that are skilled nursing, they can apply for the grant for all three of the Java programs, the Java Music Club, Java Memory Care, and Java Mentorship, and we've been really successful with that. I'm so happy to say we start off with seven of the consulate healthcare communities, then we added, um, then we have 30 in West Virginia, in Virginia, sorry, um, some up in Minnesota, and California Leading Age applied for 100 um, communities. And we are launching that in October, so um, with the Java project. So we implement them over a period of a year, sometimes two years, and they start with the Java Music Club first, and they add the Java Memory Care, and then the mentorship program. How can um, people listening find out more about those grant opportunities? Right, so if you just go to the Java website, um, we can help you. Uh, we've filled out most of the grant application already, so it makes it super easy for you to apply. So if you just go to the website, javagp.com, then um, there's our contact information and you can email us and we'll help you um, fill out the grant. Okay, great. Now, in your session uh, at Aka and Cal, you also shared some tips uh, to help people foster peer support and mentoring. Um, what are some of the steps that people can take? Yeah, so I, you know, when I talk about peer support and peer mentoring, I... You know, I, I, I'm often talking about Java because my experience was that just a free-flowing form of a peer support group doesn't sustain over time. That's, that's the challenge. But you can do peer support groups. There's no 
patent on peer support. Anybody can do them. And so what I would encourage you is, if you don't already have peer support groups happening in your community, start them. If you want some help with that, I'm happy to help you do a free form, you know, peer support group, um, because it's so important. And, you know, we know that loneliness, you know, it's just such a terrible thing to feel like you don't actually belong and you know to wake up every morning and think these are not my people I don't belong here it's just a terrible terrible thing and these peer support groups just they solve that problem and I you know the there is no pill for loneliness there's no vaccine for loneliness but there is a cure and it's preventable and those and that is through peer support and peer mentoring so really what I say to you is if you if you this intrigues you at all, please reach out to us. I'm happy to help you start peer support, peer mentoring in your organization. We can even give you our model so you can see if you can wing it on your own. <laughs> and you know, it's possible. It's you know, and peer support groups are, are everywhere in the world. You know, if you think about, you know, like Alcoholics Anonymous has peer support groups everywhere and they're all run by volunteers. It does not take um, for the Java programs, you don't have to have any musical ability. We have volunteers running the Java groups. We have a family members facilitating them. So really, if you're in activities and you're feeling overwhelmed by you know, how many people you need to take care of, you can use these peer support groups because really what you're doing is unleashing a volunteer workforce, an unused volunteer workforce, and that is the residents themselves. And the more they engage in helping each other, the healthier and happier. And research, is, it isn't just the Java research that shows that, but peer support, peer mentoring research all over the world is showing that the more you engage in peer support groups, the healthier and happier you are. If you have one message you'd like to leave our listeners with, what would it be? <laughs> I think I just said it, but yeah. I, well, I think, um, you know, one thing that activity staff have said to me is that, you know, well, we love the idea of a peer support group, but it scares them. They said if I, you know, we use one of the things we use in the Java programs is a talking stick. So it's just basically a, a stick. And when I hold, when I'm sharing, I hold the stick and I get the floor. And so it encourages the rest of the group to, you know, honor and respect what I'm saying, even if they don't necessarily agree with it. But um, what staff have said to me is if I give one of my residents a talking stick, then they're going to start talking and all this stuff is going to come out and what do, I don't know what to do with it. And so what I say to them is that when we stuff everything down, when we hold back what's going on, it makes us sick. So that, that's what, we, you know, that stuffing your emotions down, stuffing your feelings down makes you ill. But, so if you get an opportunity to share it in a peer support group, then, you know, I mean, it's just, when I see residents, they're just so happy to be able to share what's really going on. I had one Java Music Club participant say to me, thank God we finally have somewhere to talk about something other than what's for lunch. So what I say to the staff is your role as a facilitator, whether they're a staff member, a volunteer, a family member, we even have residents who facilitate these programs, um, is that your role is not to fix the problems that get brought up in the group, but to provide a safe container for them to share that. 
So a lot of the problems aren't fixable anyway, like, you know, the story I shared about my brother, that my brother was not coming back, but they will just find out they're not alone with it. And that is the power of peer support groups. Well, thanks for joining us today and for sharing information about your research and solutions to loneliness and social isolation. And thanks for sharing your personal story. This is Lois Bowers, editor of McKnight Senior Living, and we've been speaking with Christine Toyer, PhD, founder and president of Java Group Programs. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to McKnight's Senior Living Newsmakers podcast. For the latest in senior living news, visit McKnightSeniorLiving.com.